Hello, bonsoir, and welcome back to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Adam White, Rich Allen, and Jeremy Smith. While we have no destination on where you can watch Ligue 1 football in the UK this season, we're still here to serve you up all the French football news you can stomach. And tonight's season preview is a real buffet of brilliance. Blowered hopes ahead of the 2018-19 campaign. But before we begin, here's a quick rundown of the latest news. Paris Saint-Germain retained the Trophy de Champion by putting four past Monaco in Shenzhen, China last night. Uh, Angel Di Maria scored either side of strikes from Christopher Nkunku and Timothy Weyer scoring his first professional goal to claim the first silverware of the season. In transfer news, not president Vladimir Keita confirmed that the club have bought in three loan signings, Matt Miazga from Chelsea, Majid Waris from Porto and Gabriel Bachelier from Monaco. Elsewhere, Saint-Etienne are also close to making Remy Cabea's loan a permanent transfer with a deal of €7 million Euros plus bonuses on the table for Marseille, while Wolfsburg have agreed a deal with Montpellier fullback Jérôme Roussillon, according to L'Equipe. And that's all for now. But to keep up to date with everything in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this evening, where else but the champions Paris Saint-Germain, which comparatively to last summer, at least, it's been a little bit of a quiet one. There's a new manager, there's a new goalkeeper. But Adam, the question is, with those additions, have they done enough to push into Europe and push themselves further in the Champions League? Well, that's an ex- that's going to be the question that dominates so much of the season, at least sort of towards the top end of, of French football. I think for PSG that um, a lot of things need to change for them to challenge in the top end of, of European competition. We've seen over the last few seasons that there is a club with an ingrained set of, of sort of dysfunctionality, if you like. Um, you look at you look at the the, the transfer policy being extremely top heavy. Um, you know, you spend 400 million on two players to cover positions that you're already pretty well stocked in when the rest of the squad sort of is a little bit worse aware, seems a bit ridiculous, you know, not really using their youth their youth academy, their youth system at all really to bring through players. Okay, Kimpembe and Rabio too that have appeared recently. And 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 the, the runaway player power, all things they need to overcome. So I'm not necessarily sure that further additions this this window would be the key necessarily to, to changing any of their, their fortunes. I think it's those three main issues that are alongside sort of more well-rounded squad that, that needs to be addressed. I think Thomas Tuchel, though, is a step in the right direction, given that he's a manager that is perhaps associated with clubs that are going to have a little bit more of the, sort of the project mentality, which is something that PSG needs to, to build and not look for immediate success and, and sort of build towards something. And he's certainly a manager that, that would look to do that. And I think he's going to be more tactically diverse and he's going to have more you know, sort of interesting and, and new ideas about the way they're going to play, which I think, given the way they've been very one-dimensional since the QSI's era started under all three, four managers, they've played basically exactly the same way without really changing anything, even when it went wrong. So I think Thomas Tuchel is, is the man to... To, to, to change that potentially if he's given the time. Um, but there are a number of issues that, that need to be sorted out aside from from necessarily bringing in new faces. But um, they look absolutely brilliant yesterday in, in comparison to Monaco, who were very much you know off, off colour. So I think it's going to be an interesting season for PSG, but it, for me it needs to be a little bit more longer term if they're going to really challenge at the top of European competition. Yeah, and it was nice to see the mix of, of Weyer and, and Kunku in the side with uh, obviously still 
some players recovering from the World Cup. But Jez, they've done some business this summer. And the big one, obviously, is Gigi Buffon coming in in goal. Vast experience from the Italian. But they've also lost a few players. Yuri Bichiche has gone to Athletic Bilbao. Uh, Javier Pastore has finally left to go to Roma. Um, Thiago Motta has essentially retired and is already finding himself back in the notebook uh, as early as possible in its new role, at least. But um, what do you think to the deals they have managed to do? Obviously, it's not been a spectacular as uh, last summer, but um, a good start at least for getting some experience in him and, and, and shifting out some of the dead weight. Um, in terms of some of those that have left, I think they've done pretty well sort of recouping a decent amount of money, which is obviously going to be important um, with the FFP in mind. Um, and, you know, Pastore, just, you know, it was a pity he's kind of a, a cult hero at PSG, but just because of injuries, he's... He's um he never quite fulfilled his potential. Bashish, I feel a little bit sorry for him. He's obviously not a you know the best of of left backs, but I think he did a really good job for PSG. I think he deservedly pushed Kazawa out of the team by the end of the season. Um, that basically they just think they've been very hamstrung by by what they did last summer, which I still think was ridiculous. But um, you know the. It's still a decent enough squad. Obviously, the the main name is Champions League, and possibly it's still a little bit lightweight for that. But for for league app purposes, it's certainly more than strong enough. And if if preseason is anything to go by, which it isn't necessarily, but um, preseason and, and the match yesterday, um, Tuchel is prepared to to blood quite a few of these youngsters and. Um, Again, yesterday is basically just a glorified pre-season friendly, but they have all been showing that, um, given the chance, they 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 do have a lot of ability and, and can do something special. There's also players like Diaby who um, you know did what did well in in the um, European Championship as well. So I, I still expect them to have a good season. I still don't expect them to win the Champions League, but I'm sort of more excited than usual about seeing what they come up with just because I think there's the potential to to play better football there's the potential to see more youngsters coming through and in Buffon I th- it can go either way I mean I, I think it's the same kind of thing as you know Alves and some of these other players that have been brought in I don't think it's very clever thinking from the PSG management i think it's uh oh you know it's a big star big old star let, let's bring him in but i think buffon is different to people like alves in that i think he's a lot more mature a lot more sensible a lot more of a sort of leader of men and the kind of person that a lot of the team will will feed off and i think he'll whereas to me it was players like alves who destroyed the team spirit last year i think buffon's the kind of person who can actually build it um, the only person who might disagree there is Ariola, who completely undeservedly is probably going to be pushed to the bench. And as long as he doesn't find anyone with her rubbish hearts, at least anyway, he might be. Uh, he <laughs> might be all right. Um, Rich, I want to talk about. Thomas Tuchel as well, because that's really the big move of the summer for PSG. Um, obviously, bringing in a new man, they want to get them further in the Champions League. We saw him in action in a way for the first time last night. And like Jess said, blooded in a th- few youngsters. Is there positives to take from the German in both in his style and the fact that he's maybe trying to add some depth by bringing in some of these young players as well? Um, I'm holding my breath slightly on the bleeding of the young players because we saw that... Um, we, we've seen that in, in numerous pre-seasons. 
with PSG. It wasn't that long that long ago that that Jean Kevin Agustin was looking fantastic, and we all thought, great, you know, he's going to get get his opportunity for PSG, and then really struggle to find any first team football. So um, I think the jury's still out on that. Um, yes, it is. You know, we can't deny that it's great to see some of those PSG youngsters being given a go in pre-season and, and, and actually shining as well, especially in the game yesterday. Um, I think moving to the three at the back, I think will work for this, this PSG team. It highlights, I think that I think some transfers still need to be done. You know, if they are going to be playing three at the back, I have no particular issue with it being Marquinhos, Kimpembe and Thiago Silva, but of course, who then, who then have you got as cover? Um, you know, Jerome Boateng was the player that they were looking at bringing in, whether that meant then that someone like Kimpembe wasn't going to get as much game time. I see that as a more backwards step. We know what a good, good player Kimpembe is. Um, but they need, they need, they need those new faces. They need, they need to build to that squad if they're to challenge seriously for the, the Champions League this season. Um, I don't think Tuchel yet has fully addressed the defensive midfield concern as well you know they stay you know they're still relying on on players either playing out of position or Lasana Diara which is is neither as the answer for Champions League success but it's going to be interesting I think to see how Tuchel can can manage you know once Neymar and Mbappe that's the key dynamic I think this season if Tuchel can can work those two together to almost set up a little mini rivalry almost between them within the team if he can ignite that um, and push for them to compete against each other to to be the best player for the team. Great. Um, what he then can't do is let their egos fly, perhaps even more off the scale than some of them already are. Um, he hasn't got he hasn't got form for for that. You know, he has got a bit of discipline about him, but we know that discipline doesn't necessarily work at PSG unless you've got the the authority from those further up the. Um, up the up the chain. So if he has, great. Um, and I do see this this as a as a as a move that will work out for all parties. But I think it's I think we need to sort of give it a few games. I think just to see what that dynamic will be between coach, player, and ultimately then the board as well, and see actually how much rain have they given Tuchel to to morph this team into his team? Because as we know, previous. Previous incumbents in that coaching role at PSG, that's not been the case. And it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic extends with with the egos there, the ever growing it seems at least. But um, favourites to win the league quite comfortably, but how they do in Europe will be the big factor. On to things to a side that's really struggled last season, and the worry Adam is that they might struggle again this season. Uh, Toulouse have changed their badge, which is a really nice change, actually, to be fair. But they've also gone back in time um, with bringing Alan Casanova back in as manager. They've lost a few players this summer. Issa Diop and Alban Lafont, the two youngsters, have exited for at least on the goalkeeper front, maybe a little bit less than they wanted to. They've brought in a few. Uh, Mumbele, Leia Seiko, used to be at Marseille, but didn't really pull up many trees there. Uh, Dosevi, not a bad signing, but does it feel like they've, they've took one step forward and two steps back this summer? Yeah, I think I think that's a, an interesting way to look at it because there, there's it's sort of been a sort of a, an evolving situation at Toulouse this summer. When I heard that Alan Casanova was coming back 
to take over. I, I, I basically relegated them as, as as soon as I heard that. I thought that was a, a terrible move. I know that you know he was very good in his original spell at the club and, and at the start, but he really trailed off towards the end and he was sort of sacked with them in danger of being relegated. And of course, Domiara Badge saved them and then exactly the same thing happened with him a year later. And they were they were you know close to being relegated, and De Praz came in and saved them, and and it kind of happened with him just again, when just two seasons later, and they've been sort of sort of the perpetual sort of spiral downwards, and with Diop and, and Lafont going, who were you know the, the sort of the backbone of their team last season, with other senior players really falling short of the mark, Andy Delore in particular, um, and obviously Gianni and Bueller as well had a terrible season really by what was expected of him. I, I thought that that was kind of it, and and but. I think the, the the squad has evolved in a way that that makes sense for 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 the team, and in that even though they've lost two of their their the better players and, and the more marketable players and the players that were going to get make them the most money, which makes sense, um, they've covered other deficiencies in in the team, and I feel like that um, I'm really excited to see Manu Garcia um, play consistently in the league, and I think it could be a really interesting signing for them in in central midfield. And I, I really like the signing of Desevi. He's he was fantastic for for Mets last season, and um, I was quite. I can't remember exactly how many, but he's quite happy in the assists assist uh, rankings. Even though you know he was playing for a side that was stranded at the bottom of the league, and um, he, between him and Nolan Rue, they they sort of put together most of Mets points last season. And I think he's a really really good signing for them. And and uh, one that sort of slipped under the radar as well, which could be really interesting, is John John Bostock, who was very good. It sounds silly to English fans, perhaps given his reputation, but he's very good at Lons in in, in league. Uh, and didn't really work out in Turkey, but I think those three players um, amount to creativity. Which since Oscar Trejo left the season before last, now who was um, the, basically their uh, entire creative outlet, um, that those three could really sort of team team up together and, and create chances for, for for this team. And keeping Max Gra- Max Gradle on board as well is a, is a, is a is a big coup too. So I think although I'm not. 100% sure about Casanova's management. I think the squad is actually looking okay. And I think Reyna is a, a, a decent replacement for, for, for Lafont too. So I, I think they'll be actually better than last season. It just depends on whether Casanova can avoid avoid sort of letting the squad get the better of him and, and if maybe some avoid some sort of weak management and, and sort of be a bit more tactically astute than I would have expected him to. But um, I, I think I think there's potential there. It's just whether those two things marry up, Casanova and the new signings, whether they can sort of gel. But I think there's actually potential this season. So positives for Toulouse, despite losing their two best players bef- before the window. Mm, and that's the thing. They look a little bit more rounded, maybe. And with, with other teams losing players and, and not bringing in as many, it'd be interesting to see if they can do something. Because a team that might struggle this season, Rich, who had an excellent season last season under Mikel de Zakarian, is, is Montpellier. Um, it looks like, like we mentioned in the news, that they might be losing Roussillon. They've already lost uh, Nordi Mukiele early this summer to RB Leipzig. Incomings, Mole from Mets, who did okay but had injury issues. Andy Delors coming in on loan from Toulouse as well, who struggled but has done okay in league and in the past. But at the same time, Given that the squad's a year older, especially someone like Hilton, who was such a standout, do you start to worry that maybe the the, the success of last season, losing those couple of players, might sort of destabilise them? Uh, I think it could. I really do. Um, I don't think to a degree of, of where they need to be fearing relegation, um, but I think this is probably going to be a, a sort of lower league, uh, sorry, lower lower uh, lower table finish to the season about them. Um, it's, I mean, yet again, we're going into another season where they are relying upon Hilton, and it seems it's a bit of an ongoing joke. And you know, there are so many fans of him, but it's it is slightly ridiculous that they are having to continue to rely on him. And 
and seeing unable to to just let the poor <laughs> let them poor man go into into retirement year on year. They seem to be giving him these year long contract extensions. But um, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that that defence won't be as good as as last season. Losing Mukiele was a, a is, who was a key part of that defence. Um, losing Roussillon, as it, it seems that they will, another key part of that defence. Um, that exposes them, um, whether they're playing four at the back or three at the back. I think losing players of that calibre really does expose them and potentially exposes Hilton for the weaknesses that a, you know, a 40-odd-year-old 40 naturally has. Um, and with that, I think then comes into effect that they, they still haven't solved the goal-scoring issues. Um, Andy Delore, I don't think, is, is, the, is the man to, to fill that void. It's been a couple of years now since we've seen him really at his best when he was at uh, when he was at Calm prior to his move to Mexico. Um, Casemiro Inger obviously moved on. He, um, prior to that unfortunate lengthy injury, looks a real a real prospect. Um, things perhaps just haven't quite worked out for him since he's come back from injury. He's moved on to to Calm. So I, I have I have I have concerns with with Montpellier. They've kept a couple of players um, that potentially um, can rescue them, but I I fear this season is a season where their year in year, year in year out sort of lack of goals is not going to be helped out by a, a rock solid defence. And and with that, I think you're probably looking yeah sort of lower half of the table as a finish for them. Yeah, and with the. With the creativity that that Roussillon brings as well, they've still got maybe Skiri in the middle that's decent, but they're, they're gonna they need someone to create something and then someone to be on the end of it. It's going to be uh, maybe an uphill battle for De Zakarian this season compared to last. On to uh, our runners up last season in in Monaco, and they look completely different again. Jez, they've obviously allowed Thomas Lamar and Fabinho and Moutinho to go. Uh, the Gazal deal seems very very close to Leicester as well, if it's not already confirmed um they've brought some players in most of them between the sort of 16 to 18 range really uh, the standouts being sort of golovin uh, alou from uh, um Strasbourg and uh, Pierre Gabriel from Saint Etienne of the more slightly more aged players, but not quite that much really. Samuel Goncier as well, obviously, who we saw last night. What do you think to this new Monaco side? Are they good enough to maintain that that second spot, or are they going to face some real challenge this season? Uh, I think you know for the last three four years now, it's been clear that the big star of that squad is is Jardim. Um, Obviously, they've had some excellent players during that time, but he's the one that this project of buying young and cheap, selling um, sort of accomplished and expensive entirely um, relies on, on Jardim and the amazing job he's bringing through these young, um, he's doing, bringing through these youngsters. Um, I was surprised that he signed on for, for, for another year. I really thought that at times during the, the back end of last season, it just felt like it was kind of the end of an era for, for some of the players, but also for him. Um, he gives fantastic interviews and, and he gave one at the end of the season, basically saying, why would I leave? I'm in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I've got a good salary. My chairman likes me. Um, you know, one of the best clubs in Europe, et cetera, et cetera, which kind of makes sense. But then in the last couple of days, he's also given an interview, which was betraying a few frustrations about 
um, this this project and the way that he completely has to rebuild every year. It just feels that in previous years, there at least has been a, a little bit of a spine there that he can build the team around. And the, for the most part, the young players that he was bringing through, they weren't too young. They all had a little bit of experience. The fact that this year, you know, they're starting with probably the most experienced central midfielder is um, Aulu, who's, who's not particularly young, but has only got one year's top top flight experience behind him I think says a lot um, I think Moutinho was looking a little bit past it last year I think Fabinho wasn't at his best but they had Fabinho and Moutinho there who although Fabinho is, is, is relatively young as well both of them have already been there and done that um, it just feels like this year maybe it may be that the, the Monaco authorities have given him a little bit too much to do. Glick is starting to look quite slow at the back. Um, and as, as you said, most of the players they're bringing in are, are you know, 16 to 18-year-olds who I'm sure have got amazing potential and I'm sure Jardim will be able to get um, the best out of them. But with the best will in the world, they're, they're kids and it's, it's a huge ask for him to, to bring them through. Um, it may be that by the end of the season he's got them playing some great football again but it could well be also that by the time they're doing that it's just too late to, to really put in any kind of challenge not even for the for, for the title but even for, for the top three um, I feel sorry for him and again I'm sort of looking forward to, to what he can do with these players but um, I'm not convinced that they can I just I've got a feeling that there's at least three teams that are going to be stronger than them over the course of the season. And it's interesting that the Portuguese man wasn't linked with more jobs, uh, Adam, but looking at some of the players they've brought in, uh, Alexander Golovin obviously impressed during the World Cup and and uh, was interesting teams like Chelsea as well. So that was a really good pickup for them. It maybe rounded out some positions a little bit more. Gabriel's very exciting. There's a lot of speaks on William Goebbels, but at the same time, this does feel like a hard reset for Monaco this season that that may at least in the short term be a bit of a backfire. Yeah, I think uh, like I said, a hard reset is is a good way to look at it because you know Monaco are a club that work in in cycles. You know, Jardim has talked about it many times. So as Vadim Vasiliev, the the vice president, who's sort of the the main man, um, and this feels like the, the the start of a new cycle. Given what so what they do is they they sort of as we've seen buy sort of younger players and. And develop them and build them up until there's an eventual sort of crescendo of success, and that was winning the title two years ago. And previously, the, the previous cycle ended when they, they got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League and sort of had Abdenor in the team and a few others. And they'd sold on obviously lots of lots of players at the end of that window, and they sort of start again. It's kind of the model that they've they've made a success of. Um, and given how successful they were in winning that the league title, making the, the semi-finals of the Champions League, there's sort of a structured end to that latest cycle. And that so many players when you know Mbappe and, and friends went last summer. And, you know, uh, Fabinho and Lamar stayed and that was to sort of continue the success that's expected of them, which is to make the Champions League and um, uh, as much as as much as they can. And that sort of sustains them sort of money wise a little bit um, and keeps them in sort of in the in almost in the shop window, if you like, a little bit. Um, uh, but now that entire team that won the league pretty much, uh, apart from sort of some of the defensive players, Sidibi will probably go to, has has moved on. And so this team is is at the beginning of, of its life. So you look at players like Hulu, who I like. I thought he was okay for spells, maybe against PSG, and I think he was very good for Strasbourg last year. Uh, Golovin's only 22. 
Um, and even you look at those players like Pellegri and, and Guebbles and, and a few others, they're a team that will be good, hopefully, the plan is, maybe next season or even the season after. So um, it's going to be difficult for Monaco this season, but they're thinking medium to long term rather than success necessarily this season. As long as they make the top three, that's what be, that'll be their aim then it, that will count as a successful season for them, given the stage of this cycle. So um, it'll be interesting to see how those players develop. Tielemans, a lot expected of him as well. Pele is another one they sort of scouted from Portugal. It's gone very well in the past with players like Fabinho. So it's, it's a developing team. And it's, it's exciting to see how, how they get on. And Jardim is a master of, of putting together a team and finding a way to win. And he's done it in a number of different ways. And we might see yet another different way to win league and games this season from him, from the squad that he's got at his disposal. So um, developing, but um, it would be exciting to see how far they get this year. But don't expect anything from them in the next 18 months because it's a team that is going to take a long time to, to develop to its full potential. That's the crucial bit, isn't it, Rich, that third is the goal and that's going to rely on not necessarily the players coming in other than someone like Golovin and Alou as well. Um, it's going to rely maybe more on those players that came in last summer. We're thinking the Tillemans, Kaitabalde as well, the, the players we expected a little bit more from last season. The reason why they were so successful in that Champions League season was that those those sort of players that were young and stayed on managed to rise to the occasion. Is that going to be the difference between them having a successful season and not this season? Are those players that were bought last campaign rising up to the occasion? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that front. I think I think T. Elements is certainly one that should be earmarked um, for, for an improved season. I think we very slowly started to see it towards the end of the season. There was certainly a noticeable improvement, but was still perhaps well off where we where we hoped he would be. Um, we've got obviously Ronnie Lopez, who had such a fantastic season last season. They'll be looking for him to carry that on because I'd imagine he is one of those players that's earmarked for a, a summer 2019 big money departure. Maybe back to Man City, who knows? Um, but I think what I've seen this summer, I think, is a noticeable change... I mean, it's the same policy, but they're now targeting much younger players. Whereas, you know, in, in seasons gone by, it was that sort of 18 to 21 bracket. You know, we, we saw um, we saw in January with Pellegri. We've now seen with with um, with Willem Goebbels from um, from Lyon. We saw with with Wilson Isidore and Sofiane Diop from Rennes. They're now targeting that, that sort of 16 to 18 bracket. Um, whether that's the pressure to continue producing these great players and the fact that the market is changing and, and you know, a 20 million, so a 20 million 18 to 21 year old is now a 40 million 18 to 21 year old. And a, previously, what was a, you know, someone like Anthony Martial, for example, bought him from Leon for 5 million. You know, if they went for a similar player as they're now finding with, with the likes of Pellegri, they're now being quoted 20 million. So maybe that's having a factor to it. But you know that 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 age group has taken a, a, a noticeable shift to the younger. Now, I think the flip side with that, of course, is you're looking at a longer maturity period for those players to perhaps come good to the point then that they are sold off. So, um, I think, as Adam pointed out there, I think you need to to perhaps give this Monaco team a little bit longer than we would ordinarily have given Monaco teams where there've been wholesale summer changes. Um, Saying that, you know, we've we've had wholesale summer changes before, 
And we've said the same thing. We've said, oh, well, they're going to need time to settle in. They may find themselves just falling off the pace slightly. And we've been proven wrong. So, you know, by no means is this accounting them out of the running for a top three place. But I think you look at the, what what the likes of certainly Lyon, as we'll come on to later, have done and how close they pushed them last year. I think you're looking at, 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 at maybe second place isn't isn't the isn't the sort of sign up position that they perhaps would hope it is, and it may be a little bit more tense of a of a of a of a season for them in terms of securing Champions League football. Because that's I know they sort of blew it in the Champions League last season, but that's the goal that keeps perpetuating this plan. Is if you can continue to have Champions League football on offer, you're going to be able to beat the likes of you know, a lot of other teams who can look at, uh, at also approaching these younger players. Um, so it will be a tough season, I think, for them. I think it's going to be tougher than certainly it has been recently for Monaco and for, for Jardim. Um, but I still think that they will get the job done in terms of Champions League qualification. I think there's enough quality in that team. There's still enough experienced players. As you say, the players that have been brought in the last couple of transfer windows, they've had a chance to you know sort of bed themselves in. And of course, just the natural talent of some of those players they bought this summer. You know, Golovin, fantastic player. Fully expect him to be drafted straight into that first team. And I'm sure will play a significant part this season. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an exciting one to see. Um, it, it, just from a Monaco perspective, it might be a little bit more nervy than they, they, they've perhaps been used to. Yeah, they're going to be a real wild card this season. And it's going to be interesting to watch, see how this uh, team blends as they get on this season. On to a side that really struggled last season, surprisingly, really, but eventually saved themselves in Lille. Uh, Jez, they've brought in a... Uh, the policy felt like it would be um, after the DNCG that they've eventually cleared them, that they may be a bit, bit more secure. But they have gone for the the bigger names again, but it's maybe a bit more of a mix of experience and youth this time. They've lost Amadou and, and Bissouma, but income Loic Remy, um, Joseph Font, Jonathan Bamba, Ikone from um, Paris Saint-Germain. What do you think to this side? Have they done enough, given that they're now under Galtier again and, and they have some of the young players that slowly grew at the very end of last season, at least, that they may be more of a safe mid-table side this season? I think they should be safer than than last year. I think under Galtier's, you know, more or less the the exact opposite of of Bielsa in terms of, to be fair, in terms of entertaining football, but also in terms of sort of sanity and and um, security. Um, I think the fact that they're basically going to have a, a full season with him rather than completely dysfunctional first couple of months and then sort of firefighting for the rest of the season will make a big difference i'm hoping that the fans will help as well i I think they were they really didn't help the club and the the young players that for the most part were forming Lille's team last year at all so i think you know a bit more stability from last year should help in terms of the team i think first of all it probably goes for a hell of a lot of the teams we're discussing today, but a lot depends on who's still there at the end of the transfer window. Um, there's, you know, in the last few days, there's been lots of talk about um, Pepe possibly moving, and he, um, I've changed my tune a lot on him. I, this time last year, I didn't rate him much at all, but I thought he had an excellent season. Um, I think Pepe, Bamba, and Remy up front um, have the potential to form a, a really sort of devastating. Um, trio. I think they're all extremely talented. Remy, I think, 
probably, I mean, it's partly injuries, but I don't think he's done any favours. He's done himself any favours in his career the last three, four years or so. But um, I still think he's he's a he's a talented striker on his day. So the three of them could could um, could could cause some damage. Um, it would take Gautier changing his philosophy, which has also always been a little bit more on the defensive side. Um, and that said, it's the defence that, to me, is a little bit more of a worry. I think um, Amadou in defence and Bissouma in midfield are, are quite big losses. Um, so I still don't think it's a particularly, you know, this time last year, the, the, the Lille bosses were talking about um, you know, European places. I can't see this team challenging for Europe at all, but I think they're going to be comfortably mid-table. I don't think they'll have any of the, the sort of jitters that they had last year. And I think it's still a good opportunity for a few um, younger players to, to kind of make their way into into the first team and, and start establishing themselves. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they end up. Last season, we were so confident that they would finish sort of European places and they completely imploded. Is this one going to be a safe one? Are they maybe going to go even higher with some of the talent that they have? Or are they going to implode again? Wait and see. They're certainly a team to keep an eye on because you never really know. Um, on to... Dijon, who had an excellent season, really, last season, surpassed all kinds of expectations, really. Adam, with the size of the squad and budget, they've added a bit more experience and craft in Johan Gorkouf. They've obviously, we mentioned earlier, lost Baptiste René, though, in, in goal. Can they establish themselves now as a, as a Liga side, almost like, much like a Gangom did a few years ago? Or, or are you worried that maybe last season was a bit of a fluke? Um, it's an interesting question because I, I think, first of all, that is 100% their aim to, to establish themselves, uh, as you would expect, to, as, a, as a league and club. Um, it's, it's difficult to know whether they might find this season that their sort of philosophy that Olivia Delalio has, has, has implemented of, you know, open attacking football, whether that gets found out or not this year and teams having having seen them for a whole season and having significant resources to draw upon and in terms of video and in terms of you know having played them before and, and and know exactly what they're about whether whether they can be easily stopped um and that if if that's the case then they're there's that they could be quite easily found out and find themselves in in, in trouble again uh, if you look at i think it's if you look at the, the 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 record from last season they were fifth in the league in terms of home record so we talked a lot about on the pod about how good they were at home so that's another. They're going to have to rely on on that home form again, and 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 continue to play that open attacking football, and get those wins that would have been perhaps draws in previous seasons. And even even if you look at the final table, the the, the gap in points wasn't necessarily too big to the relegation fight. So you know, drop a few win, of those wins at home, and suddenly they're they're back in back in trouble. In terms of the squad, um, it's it's very much the kind of the same as it was last year, with a few obvious additions. Um, Johan Gorkov is obviously a really interesting signing. Um, struggled a little bit at Ren for as unexpected, uh, sorry, expectedly for for fitness, um, and it's obviously been a huge problem throughout his career. Um, but talent-wise, he's, he's he could be a potentially brilliant signing if they can get him playing regularly uh, and they can keep him in the team and, and get something close to his best form out of him. Whether that's possible or not for your, for Gorkov anymore at 32 remains to be seen, and he may sort of drift in and out of the team and, and not add too much. And whether he suits that sort of waspish kind of midfield they had last season with City and, and Saeed and Kwan in particular, Samaritano, um, 
or whether he he just acts as kind of a focal point as an attacking midfielder to play off uh, Tavares, um, and whether either of those things would work with Gorkov in the team remain to be seen too. So it depends if they can implement him or not, or whether he's worth implementing as as a talisman, sort of an attacking talisman, it will be key to their season. Um, but I think that they can still be relatively positive about about the season ahead, given given how good they were last year, and, and especially especially at home. And they're an exciting side to watch, and they're sort of a credit to league in a number of ways, given that they play a little bit differently to perhaps other sides in their position. And they are capable of scoring goals. Julio Tavares, you know, has I think got thirteen goals last season in the league, and you know he's they've got goals in midfield, which for a team in their position is huge, given the way that a lot of sides at the bottom in the bottom third of this league really struggle to score goals and don't have a genuine goal scorer. Dijon do. So that's a, a huge tick in their favour. But Gorka would be an interesting, interesting signing, but whether they can maintain the same sort of surprise aspect, if you like, of their open style, it will be the key for them this year. Mm, can they keep that home form? Oh, that's still going to be a big question. They were so bad away from home last season that that really helped them. But emulating that's going to be real. Yeah, I have a bit of a feeling that Dijon may really, really struggle. Uh, on to Leon now, who had a interesting summer, to say the least. Jez, there was the will-he-won't there with Fakir. It looks like he's possibly going to stay now and even sign a new contract. Other than that, a lot of uh, very minimal moves, ones we were already knew about. Leo Dubois coming in on a free for none. Uh, Martin Terrio being a, a pretty interesting return loan from, from Strasbourg as well. They lost Diakabe, um to Valencia, so there's a little bit of a hole they, have they done enough business this summer to really push on and challenge for that second place spot um, behind Paris Saint-Germain or, or do they maybe need a couple more before the window ends? Um, I'm a little bit torn. I think the fact that they've, for the most part, managed to, to keep their squad together and also, obviously Fakir is the crucial one there, um, puts them in a good position. I think Dubois is a good addition. I think Terrier has had a, a fantastic preseason, and you know, if he if he gets chances, he's already proved that that um, you know he's very capable of scoring in league. He's capable of sort of shouldering the burden of of um, a big team behind him, which he's done for France's under 21s as well. So I think they've got a reasonable squad to to put up a, a good challenge in in league. A certainly for for second place and possibly to just give PSG a couple of frights along the way um, and also maintain a bit of a European challenge as well. The one position I really think that, that they need to strengthen and I, I don't think they've made any secret that, that that's the, the area where, where they're looking is, is a centre-back. I still think that's a little bit of a problem position for them. Um, you know, the fact that Morel, who I, I think is a little bit... Um, underrated i think he gets a little bit too much abuse but he's not really a natural center back and then marcelo was okay last year but um also i don't think of the of the highest quality i think i think they need to to reinforce in that position but other than that i'm i'm looking forward to them you know a couple of the the youngsters goebbels has gone and there's talk of malida leaving but i think it's it's time for a couple more of the youngsters to step up um i think we'll see more guiri this year i think um, we might even see more of uh, Fakir's younger brother Yasin, who's who is sort of close to to making the first team squad. So I still think there's going to be um, a lot of good football. Maybe um, to an extent, it depends on where the heads of certain strikers are at. Memphis is the obvious one, possibly Diaz as well. But I think that with the the retention of Fakir, assuming he's he 
stays. That don't have many days left for, for any English teams to sign him anyway. Um, and with the, the couple of reinforcements they've got, I'm confident. But yeah, I really think they need to bring in at least one decent centre-back. And that's the rumours, isn't it? That Yerry Mina looks like he may be closing in on Everton now this evening, but at the same time, it also looks like Leon are willing to break the band for Ruben Diaz, which is a place they need to strengthen, Rich. It's, it's good that they've kept so many players and so many have stayed out the line. Like we thought maybe Depay might be looking at a, a few clubs, but there's been no movement on him after a, an excellent sort of a, a final third of the season. They, they still have so much talent. Jess pulling out yet more names that we'll have to keep an eye out again. It seems like every season for Lego and that, that seems to happen. But at the same time, is there still some worries over Bruno Genesio? He did finish the season very well, but there were still question marks throughout the season. It, has he proven enough that he's good enough to take them, them to the next level this season? Um, I think he does. I think he gets a lot of unfair stick. Um, <coughs> I think there was, you know, a lot of it is directed at, um, you know, he's a bit too, perhaps a bit too cautious, a bit too stubborn. Well, he identified last season that they needed to change formation, moved them to the 4-4-2 with the diamond four, uh, four in midfield. And the team noticeably improved. Uh, and he recognised that and he implemented that change. Um, I think what he's done with that squad, which is a consistent top four spot and, and probably a consistent top three spot, actually, if we go back over the years, it's fantastic. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what necessarily more can be expected. You know, they're not in a position where they're going to be a direct challenger to PSG. They're not in the position that, that Monaco, for example, were in when, when when they've done it in the past. They've done it once, um, but, you know, that was when they had the likes of, you know, um, Titi, Tolisso, Lacazette, all on top form within the team. Um, you know, that time, that time may very well come again. They have some really exciting young players coming through, but they need to give him time. I think I think, don't think particularly the players have any issue with him. He's a he's a Leon man, you know. He's been with with the squad in various roles for a number of years, and yeah, I just think it's, it seems to be primarily the Leon fans that give him the stick. And I just think, you know, it's 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 the old you know, grass isn't isn't always as green, and you know there are many clubs I think in in this division who can vouch for that. So I think they need to need to perhaps cut him a little bit of slack. Um, I think what he has had to cope with, with losing so many big players on a regular basis, has not been easy for a team that isn't able to directly replace them and isn't a team that's completely full of star names either. You know, they are his star one or two star players that get picked off every season and all of a sudden he has to then work with, you know, with a much, much stricter budget than most most other teams up in that, that top, you know, top three positions. Um but yet, year on year, he does it. Um, so I think I, th I still think he's the man for the job. Um, I know Leon. A lot of Leon fans won't agree with me on that. But yeah, I, I think he's done a. I think he's done a terrific job. And yeah, I'm with I'm with Jen. I think they they have all the elements here. To certainly, I think second is well within their grasp. I'd, I'd probably have them finishing second this season. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the likes of Ndombele and, and, and Aouar, who had such fantastic breakthrough seasons last year, how they now do with a little bit more expectation on them. Other players now know a bit more about them. Can they be as effective? Can they 
continue to progress. I've no doubt that they probably will, but it's going to be exciting to see just how far they can go this season. Yeah, maybe need one or two more, I think, for me to definitely say those second. Another centre-back, someone extra for covering the midfield, and I think they might be really, really great to watch again this season. On to um, a team that's had a bit of a upheaval, to say the least, really, um, Adam, and that's in Caen. Uh, new man, Fab- uh, Fabian Mesadal in the dugout now, and a, a number of players in and out, really. Santini's gone, Ferre's gone, Damien De Silva's left, uh, Basile, there's there's rumours that Gilbert is being linked with a couple of clubs, Income, uh, Ninga, Income Crivelli, Income Bamu, all kinds of strikers in here, there and everywhere. Onyange's made his move permanent as well. Um, it's going to be an interesting season for a side that really slid into danger last season. They tried to throw every striker possible at this one as well. What are you expecting from Colm this season? I think, although they, it's an interesting one because you said they sort of slid into trouble, that's kind of happened two seasons in a row. And um, what I'm expecting is, that, to be fair, that, to be honest, more, more, sort of more of the same. I think that, yes, they've sort of made a lot of changes and there's been a lot of turnover in terms of the, of the playing staff. But although San, uh, Santini in particular was a, was a source of goals for them, um, previously and he was sort of trailed off last season, um, I think, like a number of teams in that position, scoring goals is going to be an issue. And if you look at the what looks like it's going to be the front three of, of Crivelli and then Casemiro Ninga and, and Yassin Bami either side, I think those are three relatively solid league and players. But I don't think much there are many goals there. Enzo Crivelli coming through at Bordeaux, you know, looked like a, a target man who could hold up the ball, but wasn't particularly a good finisher. And that continued into his into his. Uh, spells at other league and clubs. Casemiro Ninga's, you know, got pace and trickery, but again, doesn't score too many goals. And Yassine Bamu has, has been around for for a fair amount of time, even though he's 26. Um, so he'll start as a striker, and then we've seen by there's a current. I think is more of a number 10 and played off, but off the centre striker has played wide and 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 done okay, but by no means are uh, going to you know move the earth. And 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 again, is very very sort of thriftful with his goal scoring. So I think that the issues there are kind of going to be the same, just with different personnel. Um, you know, they've lost they've lost some experience, obviously, in Santini and and and, and Ferre and um, some talented players as well in 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 Eight Benessa, who I quite like, and you know, Darren De Silva is important for them at, at the back, and Vincent Patat's been around the league too. So there's a lot of turnover there, and it's whether in in a similar case to a number of other teams we discussed already, whether those you know Monaco in particular, whether those new additions can can gel, and whether they are an improvement on on the previous group. And I honestly don't think they are. I think it's a very similarly talented squad, and and that similarly talented squad of previous years has slipped into relegation trouble and have been very lucky not to get relegated in the two previous occasions. Patrice Caron is a man who knows who knows this league relatively well, and and. Is 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 someone who's proven himself as, uh, if not uh, a supremely talented coach, but uh, a solid league and operator nonetheless, and has done well to keep what has been an average team in the league. So, whether whether the new manager can can improve upon that remains to be seen. And I think they'll be one of the teams that struggle this season. I like Onyonge. He's probably the 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 pick of the signings for for, for me in in midfield in particular. But I I don't know that there's going to be an improvement. And I think they'll face similar issues that they have in previous years and it could be the season they go down. Mm-hmm. I think one, one, thing on, one, thing on, one thing on Calm was they gave me, certainly anyway, one of my favourite stats from last season was that only seven Calm players scored. Um, they only they only found the net 27 times and excluding own goals, that was only seven Calm players that scored. And of the 27 goals, 
Bear in mind, one of these players as a centre-back, Damian De Silva and Ivan Santini scored 15 of them. And they've both left this, this summer. I think if that's not got the alarm bells ringing, and we've we've seen them with the signings, but none of those. I'd be, I'd be gobsmacked if between... Um, uh, between between Crivelli, Bamu, and, and Ninga, if they get if they get even fifteen goals between the ten, three, ten of them, might be a stretch. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I, you know it, it's it's you know Yassine Bamu, they'll just roll out that. Well, he used to work in the PSG club show. <laughs> that's 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 what they'll do with him. And uh, yeah, I've kind of one of those teams I've earmarked as as yeah big problems. I think this season. Yeah, it's almost like they got the checkbook out, went, typed in league uh, strikers and just clicked on as many that were available and, and took them all on because they, they're not all going to fit in the team. And it's maybe just going to be a case of play one, doesn't work, play the other, doesn't work, play the other. And they'll rotate it all season long and none of them will get any goals and they may sink to the bottom of the standings. But we'll wait and see. Um, Another team that's changed manager, but uh, maybe a little bit more positively, having um, Claudio Ranieri sort of fizzled out last season at Nol- and they've replaced him with Miguel Cardoso, who did excellently for Rio Ave in Portugal last season, finishing fifth and getting the Europa League points. And their highest ever points total ever with 51. Um, they've brought in a couple of players. Fabio at fullback. Karin has made his move permanent. Uh, Evangelista had the uh, very strange Fortnite um, <laughs> reveal video a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, a couple of lone players also come in, Jez, that we mentioned at the top of the programme that sound pretty interesting. Waris, we obviously know. Miazga's highly rated, did well at Vitesse last season. Boschilia, we obviously know as well. And whilst he's not been quite the same since injury, maybe he's a, a positive influence, especially with Thomason going out of the door, really. Um what do you think to Le Canary this season? They're a bit changed, but is there positives to take? Um, I think there are. I think there's there's real unknowns there. But, uh, you know, not a sort of a, a traditional favourite club of, of neutrals in France because they've always played or um, promoted really good football and, you know, a lot of great players have come through them. But the last four or five years there's there's really been nothing to write home about and to be honest this is the the first season for quite a while that I sort of wish them well and it's not only because they stepped in at the last minute for Brighton's sort of headline final friendly when when Sporting um, reneged on their contract and they let Brighton win but I just I think there's there's a little bit more excitement there. I think um, Cardozo is quite an excite, exciting appointment, a little bit risky because he's only had one season at the highest level, but was obviously really impressed at, at Rio Ave and what he did there last year. And he's kind of set out his stall that he really wants to, to play, um, you know, entertaining attacking football, which we certainly haven't seen much of from Nantes the last few years. Um I'm guessing it's not always going to work. There could could be some, a few heavy defeats there, but I think again, I don't I don't think they're going to be in any kind of relegation trouble. And if as as they have done for for the most part the last few years, it's sort of you know around the middle of the table, possibly just hinting at European places, then at least do it by entertaining the neutrals a little bit. And I think they've got the potential to do that. I think Evangelista looks an exciting player. I think Rangier is is as long as he can stay fit, maturing into the the kind of player that we all hoped he would be when he first came onto the scene. Um, I thought maybe they were looking a little light lightweight in the in in the attacking third, if if that's the kind of um, kind of play that 
that Cardozo wants to wants to promote. But as you said, Juarez, you know, has, has done a reasonable job before in Liga. I think Bosquillo looked excellent at Monaco before his injury, and you know, really has got a um, a lot to prove there, and has got a wicked left foot on his day. So. Um, yeah, I th- I th- I'm sort of for the first time in a while. I'm looking forward to to watching Nantes play. Um, they've still got a fantastic goalkeeper, and I, I've always liked Gigi. I think Diego Carlos did well last year. So there's the potential for a decent team there, and if he can get them all to click, um, as I said, I think there will be sort of growing pains. But if he can get them to click, at least they'll be fun to watch for once. That makes all the difference, doesn't it? And the last time they took a risk on a manager in, in Conceição, it worked out pretty well. So hopefully Cardozo can fill in those steps, having also come from the Portuguese league. Um, another team that's looking upwards and but has not done as much business as we may have thought of it is Marseille. Um, Adam, there was rumours earlier this summer that a lot of their business is being held up by uh, still the potential chase for Malio Balotelli. They have brought in one player, at least, and that is the Croatian uh, Kaleta Carr from uh, Red Bull Salzburg. A decent deal. They did need a centre-back as well, but that striker still haunts them. Is that their main goal, if they can get one in, that they can feel like they can challenge for that second spot? Yeah, I think it has to be. I think um, I'd love the Balotelli move to happen. It would. It, I think it would just suit everybody and be such a huge sort of story, ongoing story for the league, especially if you can maintain the form he had at Nice. The Marseille fans would absolutely love an on-form Balotelli, and he just suits—he suits the club. He suits the velodrome. I can just see him, you know, scoring goals in big games at the velodrome and velodrome, and and in a fantastic atmosphere, and 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 really sort of setting the the, the league alight. If if you know, given that um, how, how he was at Liverpool, that's that shows how far he's come in in French football at least since then. So it would be a great signing, and and just the romance of it that would be great. But it looks like that that's a deal that's going to rumble on a little bit longer and is by no means certain of happening. So can they rely on a combination of Shaman and, and Mitroglou in his absence or will they go and sign somebody else? I think uh, that Mitroglou is a, is a viable option at centre-forward given how the second half of last season progressed. Only thing with him is, is that he's not necessarily different from Balotelli, but he's a... Well, I think I think he I think he probably is quite different in Panate and that he he's sort of a between the posts kind of player. He's he's only a finisher. He'll, he's not going to give you much more apart from that. In a similar way to Sinetian struggled with Robert Berich, he's a very similar player when they had him as sort of the premier striker. Um, and whether that that suits his team with him being a little bit isolated with with Tuvan with Tuvan and, and Piat playing sort of wider perhaps uh, Sanson in there as well. Whether he's got support. Um, is has been his main issue, and and as well as the odd occasional completely ridiculous miss that he had last season. But he's a he, he's he's an experienced guy, and he was he was good at Benfica for long spells, and he's he's capable of playing that role. So I think from their point of view, that they'll, they if they don't get Balotelli, they they wouldn't be wholly upset if they aren't able to fill that role with somebody else, and Metropolu would would sort of slot in. Um, but they've, as you said, they've only made that that one signing at centre back, and we might even see a move to three at the back this season for for Marseille, which I don't necessarily think is a good idea. They they lost six one to Monaco, I think, last season playing that setup, um, and and that could be and five to Bournemouth yesterday with three at the back as well. Yeah, they were five 0 down in fifty minutes as well, which is which is really quite something. So hopefully that won't continue from from Marseille fans' point of view, but. A striker, someone to score them consistent level of goals to compete with two vans sort of uh, goal tally would would be would be useful. But 
that could yet be Mitroglou. So I think it's an important position for them, but um, they may have an answer already in the squad. And that's the interesting thing going forward. It's been good that they've not had anyone rich that's tried to pull away Tovan, which has helped, or, or Gustavo, who both had excellent seasons. But at the same time, that if they do add a striker, say they've got a great manager in Rudy Garcia, they, they had that great Europa League run last season, but is the performances in those big games, like the final, like the games against the teams around them, that sort of define their season in the end, and that's where they're going to have to improve. Yeah, they're going to have to get the mentality right, but I think mentality comes with with a bit, you know, a larger squad. I think they had a pretty pretty small squad last season. I think they paid the price for not recruiting properly, both from a quality point of view, but also from a, a you know personnel and and volume of players point of view. That you know there was one or two injuries and suspensions towards the end of the season, and you know they were having to bring in some pretty raw youngsters that. Yeah, I mean that that will have played a part in those bigger games. Um, there's there's a lot of things right about Marseille at the moment. Um, you know, the investment is obviously there. Um, you know, they're doing these projects to to promote the club around the world. That's great. They've got a really good manager. They've got the 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 basics of a very good team. They've got a brilliant stadium. They've got a fan base who seems to be on board with everything at the moment. Um, yet they're still failing to recognise that the squad isn't quite up to scratch yet. They have some really good players, but they need more, ultimately, to put it in in simple terms. Um, it's great that they've identified finally that they needed a new centre-back, and that's been addressed. I still think they need another body in midfield. They definitely need a striker. I think they may, may potentially need um, cover, possibly, at left-back. Um and I could make an argument that they might need another centre-back as well, but it depends on how well you rate their existing centre-backs, which I don't <laughs> particularly highly. Um, but the, the base, the, the sort of bare bones of a really, really good, exciting project are there for Marseille. Um, I think it's now up to up to the owners, the American owners now, to, to recognise that and think, do we now want to take that next step with this project? It's not going to take a lot. I don't want to take huge money, and it's certainly money that could be recouped very quickly. Um, their failure to qualify for Champions League football this season could play a significant part in the quality of those players coming in. Maybe, maybe Balotelli possibly wants that. It seems that he's eager to leave, uh, eager to leave Nice, whatever. Um, but maybe, considering what he's done the last two seasons, he thinks he is. You know, immediately now Champions League worthy. Maybe that's possibly a reason for the hold-up, although I suspect it's more on Nice's side. Um, but yeah, I think I think Marseille they they just need one or two sign one or two signings, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking about them in a similar vein to how I was talking about Lyon. And actually, you know what? This is a team that could, you know, that that, that second is is definitely within their grasps. That they could push PSG. Not severely, but certainly to a lot more than they have pushed PSG in recent times. And it's things like that that surely should be the impetus for for bringing those correct and and, and quality players in. Um, so, I mean, if we come to the end of this transfer window and they still have not done that, then I have to question, do the owners know exactly where they're going with this project? On the pitch, off the pitch, it seems as though they have the right ideas, but... 
on it. I don't know if they do necessarily. So it's it's a couple of weeks um, to keep an eye on Marseille and exactly who comes in, if anybody. And, and just to finish off really on, on Marseille, Jez, it, is it surprising that they've not tried a little bit harder to bring other players in? We know obviously about the situation up front, but at the same time, it, it, I know they, as well they, were, they weren't going to spend as much as they did last summer, but not even a couple of loan deals to try and sort of fill out the gaps in the squad? Yeah, I am surprised. I, I agree basically with everything Rich said there. That I th- you know they had a great season last last season, but it was a thin squad. And um, I mean, they weren't. I was going to say they got lucky with injuries. They didn't really because they did have a couple of crucial ones at crucial times. And it, it felt like everything clicked for them last year. It was certainly a sort of. It felt a little bit like a club reborn in terms of the passion behind the club and and the way the fans got behind the team. It was like the olden days, and I think it's really important for them to keep that going. And I, you know, there were obviously there were the the, the poor results against the big teams, but there were an, a, a few other shaky periods that they sort of just got out of. And it doesn't take that much for the for it to sort of switch the other way. And we've seen before that Marseille fans can switch very quickly as well. So you'd have really thought that everyone behind the club would be kind of trying to ride the crest of that wave and and bring in more players just to to do not only maintain what they did last year but to to improve on it. Um, I just I think that retaining exactly the same squad, which they showed last year, is a talented squad and can do a lot. But I do think it's risky because it takes a couple of players to lose their form. Even Tovan, you know, had such a great season last year. It's, it's, it wouldn't be beyond the rounds of possibility that he sort of drops his level just a little bit and suddenly those important match-winning performances are gone. And it's not only against the top teams, but they're dropping a few team, a few points elsewhere as well and then they're, they're suddenly losing touch with the teams at the top so I am surprised that that they aren't bringing in a little bit more backup to to just be able to even if it's to rest the top players when they need it um, so that they're they're fresher for the bigger matches and the bigger challenges um, yeah I'd have thought they'd have been they'd have been doing more to just strengthen the squad frustrating indeed but there's still a couple of weeks left let's see uh, if they can try and pull off some more chess moves ahead of the ahead of the window shutting um on to strasbourg now and they had an ambitious plan really adam to for their league and uh, survival at least anyway they felt like when they do establish themselves a little bit more they would push on but this summer feels like very small steps in that direction really and you have to worry having given Last season, they did flirt with relegation. Have they done enough, really, to to push themselves to that that next level and start establishing themselves? Or have they maybe just made that sideways move to to consolidate again? Yeah, I think it's definitely a summer of of more sort of consolidation, if not even sort of a step backwards. We talked about Ahulu earlier in the pod and 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 what a good player he was for them last season and how important he was to lose him and Martin Terrier, who were you know two of their standout performers from last season. Um, and not really replace either of them in terms of quality will 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 probably be the the sort of the telling factor if if they start slipping towards that that bottom three and you know they were quite lucky to stay up uh, last season with that win over that three two win over uh, 
was it was they three to win over Leon? Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking yeah. of? Yeah. Um, with what two weeks? With what, two games to go? That that was that was basically the game that saved them. And you know, prior to that, they'd only won once. That was the only game they won in in the last sort of four, three, four months of the season. The, the, a two-one win over Twire in February was their previous win before that, and they they were pretty fortunate to get those three points, which basically get them in 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 the league. So um, whether losing their their two probably most this sort of two sort of most dynamic and creative players in midfield and not really replacing them is something that they can survive is remains to be seen. You know, Adrian Thomason's come in and he's a player I really like. And, and, and although hasn't been at his best for, for a little while, he's definitely a potentially a very good player. Um, um, I don't know if he's, he's a make way for Martin Terrier, to be honest, though, in terms of quality. There's been a lot of turnover in defence. You know, Bakri Kone's gone, Polakui's gone, Mangan's gone as well. Um, Mitrovic has come in from Ghent, who I know our Belgian analyst at Football Red, I really like him. You know, he was, he was good there last season. I mean, Kone, OK, perhaps was trading water at Sunderland and in a very, very poor side. But, you know, he was good at Lorient when he was in league. And so there are, there are some positives there. Matt Sells is a good goalkeeper, too. Um, although didn't really get much of a chance at Newcastle, again was well liked in Belgium. So there are some positives, but I'm just worried that the, the things that probably kept them up last season, the Hulu's dynamism and Terrier's goals and Terrier's you know attacking play, have gone and they haven't been replaced. And that could easily be the thing that, that relegates them, which would be a huge shame because they're another team that are a real credit to the league. Brilliant atmosphere, one of the one of the best in in France, and it'd be a shame to see them have a poor year. But at the moment, I kind of feel like that. They're on for a poor year, and unless they they change things between now and the end of the window. Yeah, I think they're hoping that there's two or three teams that are worse than them at the moment, unless they can bring some more bodies in before that deadline. Um, Gangomp have an interesting up and down season, sort of stabilised in the middle in the end, Rich and Antoine Kambari, but it's been an, a frustrating summer probably if you're a Kangomp fan, losing Diallo, losing Grenier. Um, there's the strange situation with, with Briand, who's left the club to join Montreal Impact. He wasn't guaranteed the things that the Canadian club said they would do, so he's not joined them. They've ended talks with him. He's without a club at the moment because Kangomp said he essentially cancelled his contract. They've brought in Nolan Roux, who did terrifically, obviously, at Mets last season but at the same time losing that kind of quality and experience does that make you a little bit worried about their season ahead um not overly because they seem to be a team that just find a way to to stay up and actually stay up pretty comfortably now i think ever since they return to the top flight it's been mid-table finish after mid-table finish and and they've never really been a team that, that have had any serious relegation fights that they've had to, to take part in. Um, uh, you know, Gorvanek and, and now Kombuare just seem to get the best out of possibly some of the most limited resources resources in the league. You know, they they but they what they have what they have is an ability to identify a great deal. You know, they pounced on the fact that that Grenier was allowed to leave Lyon. They they brought him in. Um, and have really resurrected his career. You know, he was he was fantastic for them the second half of last season, scoring goals, creating goals, banging in the free kicks, everything that we we you know have previously known and loved about Grenier. And ultimately, then <laughs> victims of the own success is that they then had to you know he was then then off um, in the summer in a move to Rennes. You know, they've brought in Nolan Rue, got him on a free. Look at what he did with Mets last season. You know, you would like to think that man for man, Gangomp are perhaps a bit, a bit, you know, got a bit more quality about them. Well, perhaps 
now he's a you know he's got I mean we've I've sort of been quite critical of Nolan Rue over the years, but he's clearly a confidence player. And although he was in a team that were rooted at the bottom of the table, he was he was still recognising I've got a responsibility, lead the line, got those goals. And and yeah, I think his confidence returned. So if he can keep that up in a team that's got slightly more quality, maybe. You know, it would have been lovely to have seen um what he could have done with 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 Clement Grenier. Unfortunately, we won't see that. Um I, yeah, I've 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 got no, no over you know, they're not gonna be challenging for Europe. I don't think they're gonna be um, you know, scrapping it come the end of the season for you know in the relegation fight. I think they're gonna be as with every season, sort of come mid to end of March, they're relatively safe in, in, in the middle of the table. And, and it's another case of job done for, for probably the team that have written the book on, on you know, how to come up and stay up and but, but keep within your means and, and not do anything silly. So, you know, they are a credit to themselves that they continue to do that, that the supporters, you know, I've seen a prime example I would use is someone like, you look at like, Stoke over in in the Premiership, they came up. They they weren't playing particularly great stuff under under Tony Pulis, but year on year they were surviving and surviving relatively easily. Um, the supporters started to grow a little unrest. We want better, yeah. We want better quality. We want to be pushing for Europe. Uh, you know, Pulis went. Hughes came in. Okay, a couple of years later. They're back in, you know, back down in the second tier. The Gangon fans don't seem to be doing that. They seem to be happy recognizing, hey, you know what? We're one of the smallest teams to have ever graced the top flight. Um, yet year on year, we're we're showing that we can perform with the with the very best. And year on year, we're we're staying in the top flight. And they're recognizing that, you know what? There's let's let's be happy with that. Um, so I don't know. I don't have any concerns concerns with Gangon this season. I think. That squad certainly has enough quality over well over over it's certainly enough and maybe a few more teams um within the division. So I'm I'm fully expecting another satisfactory mid table finish from, from Kombuare. I've got a little inkling that the Britney side might not be as good as they usually are, but last time I had that last season, they, they proved me one with about three wins in a row after that. So uh, it's probably a good thing that I'm feeling that for their fans. Uh, we move on now to Nice, who um, it's been an interesting summer for them. Jez, obviously Patrick Vieira coming in to replace um, Lucian Father, who's headed back to Germany to manager Borussia Dortmund, as we probably expected last summer but uh, anywho um, the moves really are the worrying ones are, are out John michel seri has gone to Fulham as has uh, Maxime Le Marchand probably less importantly at least but Alisson players joined Gladbach as well there's Balotelli waiting essentially for his move away from the Alliance Riviera does that put some fear in the, in the former France international he's got a big job on his hands and probably a bigger job than he expected uh, yeah, I, I I think as things stand, I, I mean, I've, as you said about Gangon, I think I've said the last two or three um, pre-seasons that I worry for Nice because of the players that, that they've let go. But it really feels like they've, they've barely brought anyone in this time. And as things stand, certainly in terms of attacking or in terms of a striker, well, I suppose at the moment they've still got Balotelli, but assuming he's going to go... I'm just not sure where the goals are going to come from. Balotelli and player leaving in the same summer is a huge loss. Seri, 
was nowhere near the, the level that he was at the year before, but was still, you know, the, the main player there to make things tick. And although I think that the, the defense is looking a little bit stronger, I really like the, the addition of RL, who I think is an excellent player. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for Vieira to show, um, you know, his his stock as a manager because I think he's got a tough tough job on his hands to to I, I guess get, get Nice back around the European places, which I think is where they should be, and certainly on on the form of the last few years, where they should be aiming to be. But this feels like the, the weakest squad that they've had now for for a good three or four years, and. I, unless they bring players in in the next two to three weeks, um, you know, Cyprian, Lise Malou, Sam Maxima, they're all, they can all score goals, but that's not their main job. And it's a lot of responsibility to put on midfielders, albeit attacking midfielders, um, to, to get those goals that I think they, they really need a, a, a decent striker to make it, to make a go of their season. I wonder, I wonder if he's, if, Following his departure from from the US, whether he's burnt his bridges with the with the Man City group, because if not, you just wonder, you know, has he has he had a conversation with them as to you know, got any players that you perhaps want to send out on loan? Well, when he first arrived, there was there was a lot of talk of Thierry Ambrose moving there, um, who's who did well, I think, at Breda last year on loan from City, but he's gone to Lens now. Um, so yeah, I'd have thought that that Man City has certainly got enough um, decent players in the background, but yeah, I just I, I just don't know whether his whether I say whether he's he's burnt his bridges with with the Man City group following the way that he left. I don't know whether he left with enough of a blessing that they perhaps consider that kind of a, a an offer or anything. But I, I I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I've. I've got some concerns for Nice. I mean, the volume of goals that player and, and Balotelli got were crazy that potentially he's just walked out the door with no replacement. So, tough job, I think, for Vieira. Yeah, not the, not the ideal scenario for him to walk into in his first European job, at least, anyway. But uh, if he can turn it around or if they can maybe just make a slight push for Europe this season, then they'll be delighted, I think, with uh, with that kind of return with those players heading out the door. Um, interesting side, again, this season, who consistently are, are fighting above their means. Um, Adam is Angers. Um, they've made some more interesting moves. They t- always tend to do quite well in the transfer market of bringing in some interesting players. They've got Ryan Adelaide on permanent move. Fazan Pajot's joined. Manzala from Amiens. Uh, Bahoken, who did reasonably well at times for Strasbourg as well. They've obviously lost the big name that was Carl uh, Toko Ikambi, but got decent money in the return for that. Uh, uh, although they have subtracted him this summer, have they, by the additions, made, made up for it? I think it's it's an interesting question. I think that you you made an interesting point in that they've they've assigned some sort of potentially interesting players. Uh, sort of Harris and Manzala uh, was 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 decent with spells in Amion last year. You know Vincent Padre is a very solid league and performer. Bahoken obviously scored that that goal against PSG and 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 had a solid season overall. Arane um, uh, Adelaide is a, a very very good signing given how good he was uh, on loan last year, but. 
I'm I'm worried that the the this, the standard of the squad has slipped considerably with Kartoko Ikambi leaving, and the number of goals that they'll score that they need to sort of make up without him in the team um, is going to be a little bit prohibitive this season. I don't know they've got the players to to cover that 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 shortfall. And we were looking at Angers around Christmas time last year, and they were they were really you know they were struggling and. Uh, I think that Carl Toko can be sort of sort of talismanic presence and 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 his goals, more importantly, really sort of rescued them in the in the spring and 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 dragged them away from safety. The key, aside from the the transfer policy and the transfer dealings between now and the end of the window, for me is is Stefan Moulin. When when Anger promoted, they sort of handpicked a few of League does sort of standout players from perhaps lower teams. You know, Billy Kekeo, Fonfonk was a tour, I think, one of their better players signed him. Um, uh, Chaik and Doy was at Cretay. They're they're one of their better players, and they sort of those two, those two, and a few others were sort of added. Roman Tamar as well, you know, came in a little bit earlier. Um, from from, and I think Israel Tro is at, at Brest, perhaps as well. That's one of their better players, and they those sort of league uh, sort of talented players sort of sort of cajoled into a, a, a solid league inside against sort of all odds. And the, the person that, that that's ultimately down to is the management of Stefan Moulin. And I think he's an extremely underrated coach and he's managed to get the best out of this team with, with limited resources, you know, and have one of the smallest budgets in the league um, for, for two, three years now. And and, and that's, an, that's an underrated achievement. We talked a lot about Christoph Felicia last year. But Stefan Moulin has done that kind of very similar job with similar levels of resources and a similarly average team for for, for multiple seasons, and uh, it's going to be down to him to to do that again this year. And, and you know he got a new contract halfway through the end of the last season, which is a which is a really solid move from from the Angers hierarchy. And and it's got, basically it's down to his sort of wily management to 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 form a, a competitive team out of what looks like a squad that's decreased in quality despite the fact there are some interesting league and signings in, in that sort of group coming in I don't know that there there's enough goals in this team I don't know that Tom Mangani is is in the same form that he was at the beginning of last year when and the end of the season before when he was absolutely brilliant he dropped off a lot and he's into well into his 30s 31 he's in his 30s now whether he can be the the, the the sort of guiding light that he was is, is another question so I, I think this may be Angers weakest season in, in league and, and they could be one of those teams that are hoping there are three worst teams in them in the league and they've managed to rescue it the previous two years when they've looked like sort of dropping off the cliff and, and Mulan sort of tightened the ship and changed a few things and it's worked whether he's got the talented players for him to do that again remains remains another question I'm worried that it kind of looks like a league the team at the moment so um interesting times ahead and, and it could be a tough season for them yeah, they're going to need every ounce of that Mulan experience that's happened in the last couple of seasons to really help them avoid a, a relegation dogfight. Um, let's circle back to a team that's going to be looking further up the table, really, Rich, and that's your side, Ren, who, despite losing Yoris Nyanyan to, to Sevilla earlier this summer, um, net positive, really, this summer, and they look like they're going to sort of push for Europe, some good players coming in, some good players still rumoured to be attempting to join the club. You're thinking Grenier, Sebacho had an excellent season last season in, in League 2. Damien De Silva was excellent at Colne as well. Um, do they feel a little bit stronger so long as they hold fire and losing anyone else this summer? Yeah, I think I think I don't see anyone else leaving between now and the end of the transfer window. Latang has, has, has said that the aim is to be building up the squad. Um, I think they just recognised that, that Nanyon was a very much a player in demand. Um, and I think they, they also saw that, you know, with Damien De Silva coming in, there was a, 
there was a replacement. It's perhaps not as good as Nyanyon, but I still think a very good signing nonetheless. Um, hugely experienced. Um, so uh, I'm 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 in a weird position because I'm coming into this season feeling very confident um, about Ren. I've, I've I've really liked what they've done with their signings. I'm really liking the look of the squad. Um, you know, it seems as they're they're sort of in a position now where they are doubling up in 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 every position. They have a quality player or you know somebody good enough to come into the team. Um, if, if you know for whatever for whatever reason, um, you know they they far. I think I personally think they exceeded what I was what I was expecting last season. Um, I was a little bit. Um, I don't know what the word would be. I don't want to say disappointed, but downheartened. I suppose with with the Lamushi appointment, I thought, oh, okay, this is this this doesn't necessarily seem to be the the big positive forward step that I thought. But I'm glad that I've been proven so very very wrong. Um, they got the fifth place. I wasn't expecting them to get fifth place. Um, it was helped by a, a win over PSG, an unexpected win over PSG towards the tail end of the season. Um, and yeah, they now go into into this season. They've got European football. Um, that's obviously only going to help bring in a higher caliber of player. Um, and I think the target again this season then is you know fifth place at least again. You know why why not look at pushing? You know, if Marseille don't recruit those players to fill those those gaps and and, and obvious places and positions that they need to improve on, why not see about? I know there was a large gap, but why not see about closing the gap on them? Um, you know, Ren have got have, have now got a very very talented starting eleven. Um, it's a good blend of experience. It's a good blend of youth. It's a good blend of pace. Good blend of of players who are really willing to to sort of stick a stick a tackle in. Um, and and yeah, we're we're coming into this season. There's positivity around the club. There's European football that obviously brings a good feeling to it. It's it's uh, you know automatic qualification for the group stages. Um, so we'll see what the season brings. Um, I think there's there's a higher level of expectation, but I think the club have set themselves up that they can meet that expectation this season. It's going to be hopefully exciting one for you, Rich. Hopefully it's not as boom and bust as it has been <laughs> in the few seasons, but we'll we'll hold fire on just confirming that at least yet. Yeah. Uh, on to another side that will be looking for Europa League football, and that's Bordeaux. Um, Jez, it's been a, a, an odd summer for them. Internal fighting, Poye um, going against the board. They've obviously got new owners coming in who we're not sure if they're going to give them plenty of money or, or no money at all, or they're looking to maybe flip them in a couple of years. It seems to be every single rumour coming out, and they've only just about managed to sign someone in, in Kalu from Belgium, um, obviously lost Malcolm eventually to Barcelona after they swooped in, but does it feel like they've done enough to push on this season, or or will the turmoil and the fact they even played Unisankara as a forward in sort of protest almost in the, the Europa League second leg they managed to get through, does it feel like it might be a bit of another dysfunctional season for Les Girondin? Uh I'm I'm slightly biased, but I think any team that's got Poyet as a coach can be automatically described as a bit dysfunctional. Um, I, yeah, I think generally everything is about Poyet in, in Poyet's mind. And um, the, the sort of, yeah, the funny business he's already been 
been getting up to in pre-season suggests that there's going to be more of the same. To be fair, he's got a little bit of a point in that they really haven't done too much to, to bring anyone in. And at the same time, they, they've lost their, their main player. So I understand that, that there's a concern there. Um, there seems to be a lot big distraction in terms of the, the sort of the buying out of the club, which is taking longer than it should have done. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't feel that they're particularly stable as a club. And again, while, while I think they should have enough quality in there, um, I'm still sort of hoping not not quite against hope. I still think he can do it, but it's been a couple of seasons now. I'm still hoping that um, De Preville, for example, can can back, get back to his best. Kamano in flashes is a decent player, but um, I still worry a little bit about them. Um, Defence, I think Kunde is turning into a very good player, but Sabali, for example, who was you know really solid for them last year. There's there's constant talk of him leaving. He was came close to to signing for Napoli, but so you know the fact that they were um, more or less set on him leaving suggests that he could he could still make his way somewhere before the before the window closes. Um, yeah, the, the, it still feels like there's some instability there. Placio, I still think, is a classy player, but the fact that he's still sort of their, their starting midfield or their go-to midfielder is a little bit of a concern considering his age. Um, so I, I don't expect them to push on from, from what they did last season. And I would not be surprised if Poyet's not here, not there this time next year either, or even by the end of the season. Yeah, it does feel like he's a, a man even already teetering on the edge and they're going to need to get off to a to a good start. But at least they're playing competitive football earlier than anyone else. Maybe that will give them a slight advantage. They'll play the Europa League game as well for their next qualifying round on Thursday. So good luck to them. On to a promoted side now, Adam and Neem, um, who obviously came up as second last season. They've got some interesting players and some solid moves that they've made this summer. We've mentioned one briefly on the, on the Gengot side of, of uh, Diallo coming into the club. They have last season's top scorer in League 2 in Umut Bozok, obviously still at the club, potentially get, seeing if he can make the step up. They've brought, brought in Baptiste Guillaume. They've brought in um, Paolo Bernardoni as well in, in goal. Um, are they a side that are strong enough to to stay up in Liga, even though they are having a bit of a dispute at the moment over the fact that um, their players will be receiving less win bonus this season? But um, have they got a chance? They've definitely got a chance. I think I'm I'm more positive about them than perhaps I, I expected to be coming into the season. I think when you look through their team, they've got some potentially exciting and talented players. You mentioned uh, Umut Bozok, who got 20, 24 goals in, in League 2, which is no mean feat. You know, seven more than than Aloui, who who um, who is also who also plays for, for Nemes is, is his strike partner. He got 17, and, and they're the top two scorers in the league last year. Um, didn't win League League 2. Uh, Rons, Rons were way ahead at the top, but they still they've got they've got goals in this team. You know, the signing of Dennis Buanga is a, is a huge coup, given how good he was at Lorient last season in League 2. You know, a number of league sides. Um, we're looking at him, um, and uh, so there's in those three players, they've got exciting attacking and potentially goal scoring um, potential there. Um, you look in midfield, and Perik Valverde is a, a player that's been around for a long time in France, not 
particularly experienced in the league and it was one season with Lons when they finished bottom and um but is a, is a solid performer is very good last season in league Mustafa Diallo I think is a is a solid signing I, I liked him at Gangon potentially very very good and fits into this team uh quite quite well so Savernier is a, a, a good sort of midfield creator and was um it was very good uh, in, in league last season arguably they're one of their well, definitely a standout midfielder and and looking for a defense where you know like Lons was, was was again at Lons and then he's a, he's a name that perhaps some 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 league and fans recognize and was highly sought after for a time didn't really work out for him in Italy but could could fit well into a promoted league and team um and I like Paul Paul Bernardoni in goal you know he's at Bordeaux um uh, and was actually looked at by Chelsea at one point I seem to remember bizarrely and was very good at Clermont last season after making a few mistakes for Victoire I think when they were in uh, in league and still very young, 21, but was was good at Clermont, and he's a really interesting signing too. So there's potential in this team, but whether uh, there's enough talent overall to, to to stay in a division is open to debate. But I definitely think they'll be amongst the sort of Caen, Angers, um, those, those sort of sides, and and could easily outmuscle them with the goal scoring and attacking talent that they've got in the team. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. I know that um, a number of people, uh, Neem and, and Montpellier fans in particular, are looking forward to what will be a pretty feisty, uh, feisty derby. And and it's great to have another sort of sort of derby with a little bit of needle in in in, in league. And so that's to look forward to. And I think they could be an interesting addition. And hopefully they'll they'll score some goals and and cause some upsets. And they've definitely got a chance of staying up. Always good to have a new derby in league. And maybe the third Olympique team can uh, do some damage this season. But on. Uh, moving on to a team that did do some damage last season, having come through the ranks of second in League de Richard is Amiens. Um, it does feel like a worry this season, though. They obviously go Kuta's headed back to China. Um, they've lost Manzala. Um, other players have also gone out of the door or returned from their loan spells. And they've only brought in a few more players. Gunhori on loan from... Palermo, other than that, not much brought in. Given the fact that they did fight above their weight considerably last season, do do you really worry that their quiet summer puts them in danger? Um, it puts them in danger purely for the old cliche of the second season um, sort of syndrome. Um, I mean, the, the, the what they, what they achieved last season was so far beyond what anybody anybody predicted. I think you asked. 99% of all French football writers, where would have where would they have predicted Amiens to finish? And I think they'd have all said, yep, yeah, rock bottom. Um, so to have, have achieved what they did was was absolutely sensational. And to achieve it in the manner that they did, you know, not many teams come up and stay up by virtue of having a, a you know, a rock solid defence. Um, you know, it was only, um, I think, was it the fourth, fourth or fifth best um, uh, I think it's fourth in terms of goals conceded, which I think is just a it's, it's ridiculous for a newly promoted team. Bearing in mind that two seasons before that they were in the third tier, um, so the fact that they have they have retained the bulk of that defence is key. Um, I think for the time being, the fact that they have retained um, Musa Kanate is key. I think they would have liked to have secured some kind of deal to keep Kakuta. Whether that happens or not um, remains to be seen because he was another important player in the field that provided a, a good link up between defence and attack. Um, they do need to look at creativity. I think it would be wrong necessarily to go into this season relying on that defence again. 
um, you know, as good as the likes of Regis Gertner in goal were, it's it's going to be a little bit tough on them to be relied upon again for a second season. Now everybody knows about Amiens and knows how they play and, and what are their strengths. More importantly, now teams know what their weakness is. Um, so I think they need to add a bit of pace. I think they need to add a bit of creativity in that midfield. I think they need to add a bit more support for, for Canate. First of all, they need to keep hold of Canate. Um, but yeah, add a little bit of support for him. So I don't think that they should be viewing that their summer transfer deals are over with yet. Um, I do think they will, they will They will. naturally, I think, find this season far tougher. Um, I I fear for them. Um I have them. I have them as a as a uh, finishing in the bottom three. Um, whether it's enough to finish seventeenth or whether they they do go automatically down or not, we'll, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I think they need one or two at the very least additions to that squad if they're to go into this se- season, um, sort of continuing fe- you know, continuing that good feeling from last season. Hmm, it's. I do worry for them, and that, like you said, that second season syndrome always seems to sink in, especially when you've got such a, a budget like Amiel. Uh, a side that will hope that they don't have the same kind of season as last season, especially the first half of it, at least, will be Saint-Etienne. Jez, um, th- again, they've made some decent moves this summer. Obviously, um, g- there's still question marks about what will be sort of managerial-wise, but it looks like Jean-Louis Gasset will continue. Um, got a couple of players in. Kolodziak, obviously at right back, Wabi Kazri's joined. Um, they've got a couple of players that have signed longer deals, like Yanam Vio, who obviously impressed. Lost a few right backs, lost a good player in Bamba there. They look like they're still trying to fight to get Cabela back into the club as well. Do you expect them to be more of the, the side that we expect from Levera of a Europa League challenge of the season rather than the sort of dysfunctional side that we saw last campaign? I think so. I mean, they, they've... Um as you said, sort of shared quite a lot of, um, I was going to say dead weight, maybe that's a bit harsh, but it feels like a bit of a leaner squad, um, but I think quite a talented one overall. And I certainly expect them to to look more like the, the Saint-Etienne of the second half of last season rather than the one of the first half. Um, you know, they've now got quite a, a solid sort of established um, back four or back five, including Ruffier, although I think Debussy possibly got injured this weekend, so there's a bit of a concern. Um, I, and Villa, I wouldn't say is back to his very best, but, um, you know, looked slightly reborn, I guess, um, last season. And I still think that there's talent up front. Um, Dioni didn't have a great time. Um, at the start of last season, or at Bristol City, actually, but it looks like he's found a little bit of form in pre-season. Hamuma, I think, has been consistently one of the more underrated players in Ligue 1 for a while now. And Kasri is mercurial, but we know that on his day, as he as he showed at times for Ren last year and, and during the World Cup as well, is, is an extremely talented player. So I certainly expect un, under um, you know, widely coach like Gasset a lot more consistency um, I think Kolodziak is a is a fantastic addition. Um, I've missed him in Liga. I think he was a really good player. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they'll again not necessarily challenge for the top three, but certainly should be in the in the sort of challenge for for Europa League places, and certainly should should not have any of the kind of um, I guess heart flutters that they had during the first half of last season. 
I really hope that they don't quite have the sort of gasket fire that they had last season. It, 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 they did really recover really well, but um, they do need to maintain that up and coming season and, and get themselves back into those European spots, certainly. On to the final team this evening and the, the 20th club in, in Ligue 1 will be the uh, the Ligue 2 champions in Rass, obviously a couple of years away from the spotlight, but back there now, Adam, the worry for them, though, is they lost the two big contributors for the title last season in Sibacho, who's headed to Rennes, and Riganato leaving the club as well. Does that put the fear in you that they maybe don't have enough and that looking at the transfer so far, they may not have brought in the names to, to replace what was essentially their backbone? Yeah, that's absolutely right. The backbone of this team has kind of been sort of stripped away. And you mentioned two players there in, in Riganato and Sibacho. But you also look further back and you look at Denilson de Cruz, who was, who was a sort of almost ever-present defence midfielder. And Julien Janvier, who, who's gone to Brentford, was was their sort of premier centre-back alongside Adel Hamid. So, you know, this this team has had its its sort of key performers really stripped away. And Riganato is a huge loss. I, he's a player I really liked when they were in in Liga and before and he's he's a he's a sort of a Laurent Robert type of player and that he's all free kicks and 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 corners and crosses but um he, he does that job really really well and then he could have been a, a really good creative influence in in Liga and for them and Sibature in particular as well is, is a player that sort of broke into the team when they were last in Liga and has really developed in Ligue 2 and deserves his move to, to a bigger club and could be pretty dangerous for for Ren this season, and um, you know they're looking at the likes of Grosjean UK, who came through with Sibacho, hasn't really real, realised the same potential, and, and he, he might be expected to sort of fill the gaps that left by him. I don't know if he's able to do that. Tristan um, Dingon is coming from from Troyes, who was okay in spells for them last year before he got injured, um, but again, I don't know if he's going to replace De Cruz. Um, and perhaps Thomas Fontaine in, in defence from Clermont, who was very good there last year too, is, is sort of replaced Jean-Vier. But again, you know, well, no, there's no league experience between the pair of them. But you know, it's still an issue for from him coming up into into league into league. And so, I'm I I like Rollins as a club. You know, they're a very historic team, and I was fortunate enough to go to their their training ground when they were in in the, in the league previously. And they've got great facilities, they've got great youth development. They're a really great club, and and I I hope that they'll be okay this season. But um, unless things change between now and the transfer window, I, you know, I've, I've, I've got fears for them. And without Riganato and Sibature and, and De Cruz and Jean-Bier, those are players that even Yusuf Kone was very good, gone back to Lille um, before he got injured, you know, uh, around Christmas time was very good. So this, I don't know if they're the team that won League by 15 points last season. They're, they're, they're a team that could quite easily struggle. And, and uh, I'd argue that they're possibly even the weakest team in the league going into the, into the campaign, which is a shame. But... Hopefully that the things can change between now and the end of the window and they can bring in a little bit more league and experience and a, a bit more quality and attack. But that that might be the, the key for them. You know, David Guion's got a, a tough a tough job on his hands, but he's done really well to develop his team from a relegated side into a into a, a runaway league league de victors. Whether he can keep them in, in, in league is gonna be a very different matter though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You do start to worry when when any side starts selling off their best players before a start of a campaign if they can't bring them in with an attraction of someone else following through the door. You do really have to worry for them. But that's all that we have time for this evening. My thanks to Adam, Rich, Jez, and all of you listening at home. Uh, there's no preview show this week, so do tune in for us next um, week on Thursday for that. Um, but 
um, we also have the Get Football Mercato show for its final week as well. It will end on Thursday. But remember that the main show will be back here at the same time, same place next week. Abianto and goodbye.